if the pin is above the surface for even quarter an inch, you'll be hit. It's not good, you know. So stay the same level. Don't speak out. Don't give, you know, opposition. They will do the, the typing. They will do. They will make the tea. They will, in general, be an assistant to the, their boss, who will be a man. And they're not expected to want anything else, or they're not expected. They don't expect to be given anything else, any other kind of work. We are supposed to be quiet. We are supposed to walk two, three steps behind men. Japan, said to be the most successful economy in the modern world. Its rise to the top of the global industrial and financial ladder seems little short of miraculous. But it's an economic miracle that has been largely performed and controlled by exactly half of the nation's population, the men. 40% of the Japanese workforce are women, yet only one in every 100 working women hold managerial posts. Now, as Japan starts to enjoy the benefits of its great wealth, the women are looking for their share of the power and the money. Mary Slane from Belfast went to work in Japan two years ago and found that the role of women in Japanese companies was more or less as she had expected. My idea was that they were very submissive and in they, for example, after marriage, they would stay at home and look after the children and they would work in the company only until they got married. And during those years when they worked in the company, they would be secretaries mostly and they would make the tea and they'd do the photocopying and they weren't allowed to do anything else. So that was, that was the image that I had before I came. When I came, it was pretty much confirmed. Um, in our company, there's very definitely two types of, of women. There are the, the professional women, mostly pharmacists. And although they're, they're very young, they're average about 25, 26, they gradually get more responsibility in the company. And then you have the other secretaries and um, as they like to call them office ladies who do the typing and make the tea and, and are really not allowed to make any decisions about their work. Um, but there is a kind of rota among the women about who makes the tea. And I think in most Japanese companies, the person who, who's on duty to make the tea would make it for everybody. But in our company, they just make it for um, section head level and department head level. But there is still that rota, so they're still expected to make the tea. Not, not only the secretaries, but all the women, professional women as well. I knock the door first. Then I would say, which means, excuse me. And then I would say nothing. I 
I'm supposed to be a deaf servant in office when I'm serving tea. I shouldn't hear anything what's going on in the office, or I shouldn't interrupt anything in the office, so that I should serve tea very quietly and very smoothly, and I shouldn't say anything. <laughs> My name is Kumiko Yamamoto, uh, and I graduated from uh, designer school in Tokyo and then worked in a school office for one year. And I joined into a company, very small company, uh, called Kojitani Idea Graphic Design Studio. And I worked there for 10 years as a graphic designer and a secretary in a one way. <laughs> and then I married to an Irishman and then moved to Ireland just one year ago. <coughs> My office was very small. There was only four people was there, were there. And uh, first four, four or five years, I was only girl in the office, so that I was working as an gr assistant graphic designer for my boss. And I, I worked as a secretary as well. And I cleaned the toilet and I served the tea as well, <laughs> as the only woman in the office. Most women are employed as office ladies, secretaries, and uh, they will do the, the typing, they will, do, they will make the tea, they will in general be an assistant to the, their boss who will be a man. And they're not expected to want anything else or they're not expected, they don't expect to be given anything else, any other kind of work. And they will work for maybe three, four years, and they'll get married and leave. Girls in office is a kind of flower for the office to make it brighter. <coughs> and they serve the tea, and they copy, make copies for the bosses, and they answer the phones, and they, uh, they took the visitors to the offices like this. And, but they don't do important jobs like making up documents or anything. fashionable. Um, they spend a lot of money on clothes and they like good quality clothes, designer clothes. And mostly because um, they still, they when, while they're working they live with their parents so they don't have any high rent, rent costs. They have a lot of disposable income and they like, they like clothes and they like nice food and they like to enjoy themselves. Um, but in most Japanese companies um, the women will wear uniform, and usually the design is not so wonderful. Uh, in fact, in our company, we, we just, last month, we, ch we changed the uniform, we stopped it. Um, when I came last year, I was very surprised to see everybody wearing uniform, and it wasn't just the, the, the receptionists and the secretaries, it was everybody in the company, all the, all the pharmacists, all every, every one of the women in the company had to wear uniform, and I made the point that you couldn't distinguish the pharmacists from the secretaries. And why should a, a female pharmacist be distinguished from the 
a male pharmacist. A male pharmacist, a man always wore a suit and looked very professional, but the woman had this sort of 60s style uniform on and looked, I didn't like it. I thought it looked very schoolgirlish. So I made the point I didn't think it was a good business image for them, and especially it, when visitors came to the company and they saw all these women running around. It didn't give the image that we were, we were a, a company with a, a lot of very highly educated women. So they actually, actually I was very surprised. They were very democratic about it. And they had a referendum within the company. And uh, the women, they came to the decision that anyone who wanted to continue wearing the uniform could do so, and anybody who wanted to change could do so. So from last month, we had, we now have the situation where about mm, 50 to 60% of women don't wear the uniform, and the rest continue to wear it. And some days they change. So, but I think it's a big step forward for in terms of their image, and it it then might help them to think about themselves and about why they're working there and what they want to achieve. The men in the company are always um, given chances to to give presentations, to do special projects, but the women very rarely are given those chances. So I hope from now on that gradually they'll start thinking about things like that. In Japan, they say that the men take care of the business and the women take care of the men. It's the legacy of a deeply conservative society with little room for individualism. Work is more important than personal or family interests. And company bosses often exert a powerful influence on the private lives of the workers. In Tokyo, there are many, many women who've come from, from other towns. So if they've come to Tokyo to work, they, they will rent an apartment by themselves, usually. I know the, the, the rent is very, very high. Um, but I don't know how much of a prejudice there is against women living on their own. I, I knew of a case about five years ago where um, companies would not employ women who live by themselves because they considered it scandalous that a woman should live by herself and not with her family, and there was nobody there to protect her, and so she was obviously a scandalous woman and couldn't possibly employ her in their company. <laughs> but I think that's pretty much changed now. But as for women living with men, just living together, I'm not sure. I, I get the feeling that not many people, not many people do that. It would be so frowned upon by their family and by the people in their company that they wouldn't do it. The Japan Times, Sunday, May 27, 1990, Readers in Council. Drama in everyday life. A female friend from Australia recently arrived in Japan. Temporary accommodation was needed during her search for an appropriate apartment. I offered her my tiny dwelling, which is provided by my company, until she could move into her own place. Before she moved in with me, I informed my landlord about my friend's situation. Everything was fine until the landlord found out that my friend was female. The general affairs manager of my company summoned me to a meeting. He said that my landlord had telephoned and expressed concern about the personal safety of my friend. After I had apologized, he said he would speak to my landlord and that my friend had to move out by the end of the following week. As I was due to be away from Tokyo during the week, I thought I would ask her to look after my place while I was gone. I returned to Tokyo on Saturday night and my friend moved out the next day. When I returned to work on Monday, the general affairs manager said there was a big problem. The president of my company had visited my landlord while I was away. He was extremely angry when he heard that a girl was staying in my apartment. 
The general affairs manager told me that the company president had ordered that no female friends would be allowed to stay with me from now on, the reason being that it is against Japanese custom for an unmarried couple to stay together. When I requested a chance to apologize personally to the president, he made it clear that he was free but wouldn't see me. The general affairs manager advised me that I should have just given my friend some money so that she could stay in a hotel while she searched for an apartment. Now my boss is angry with me because I have violated Japanese customs. Would fellow Japan Times readers please advise me what I should do so that my boss will forgive me? NSCF Kanagawa. basic thing that I feel some mornings oh no I'm a girl like if I oversleep I don't have time to eat breakfast when I was in states you know I didn't I felt free I was having orange juice on a platform and I was biting pretzel or sandwiches in a train or even potato chips or anything but in Japan, if you eat ice cream on a street walking, people would point at you and say, what a girl. And, you know, ladies at mother's age would say, I would not want a girl like her for my son's wife. I mean, you know, that's very bo boring and that's disturbing. Why not? Or when we go out to drink with men. If we drink a lot, they say, she's a girl and she's drinking that much? Oh no. I mean, that kind of thing. The very basic thing does bother me. Young women like Chihiro Kagetsu find it increasingly difficult to tolerate the taboos and prejudices against them. She and her peers look more and more to the international pop and youth culture for their role models. Chihiro herself spent four years in the United States after leaving school and has since returned to Japan to work as a middle manager in a large company. I thought beforehand, you know, before I was going to America, I thought like every single woman will be very successful and will be doing, you know, like something that even a man would not do, you know, like Eleanor Roosevelt. But that was not right as I started really actually living in a society. There are women who would believe that there are things that only women can do, like, you know, giving a birth and, you know, things like that. And there are women who would actually stay with a housewife. But what I felt the most was women are living honestly. They are free to say whatever they want to say, which is the biggest difference from the way Japanese women live in Japan. We are not, we will not be appreciated if we say what we feel, you know? We are supposed to be quiet. 
we're supposed to walk two, three steps behind men. And that was the biggest difference. It was not like women working in a company very successfully. It was the basic thing like that, you know. Women saying, I'm hungry. Or, you know, things like that. The very basic thing. And that really affected me. And it was very impressive that, that I saw men and women communicating at the same level. I came back and I sometimes, when I get surprised or when I get depressed, English comes out of my mouth, which was bad. People really didn't like it. They say, ah, oh, Chihiro came back after four years. She is Americanized. She thinks it's cool, you know? So that was bad. But like, like I said, the biggest problem was that I was too expressive. I was too honest. And nobody appreciated it. And they, like everybody around me, especially those people who's close to me, advised me that in Japan, there's a saying that if the pin is above the surface for even quarter an inch, you'll be hit. It's not good, you know? So stay the same level. Don't speak out. Don't give, you know, opposition. Just, just you know, if even if you feel something is different or wrong or doubtful, just don't express it. And, but I didn't believe it, right? So I said, why? What's wrong with it? I felt it. They're facing me. What's wrong with it? I'll just face as I am. And for sure, I've lost some people as my uh, friends mm. or whatever. And they say, if you're a girl, don't act that way. Don't say that. You know, even my father told me, Chihiro, I know what you went through. I know what you feel, what you believe. But you're back in Japan. Become Japanese. Equal pay with men is obviously important for women managers in Japan, but that's no guarantee against resentment and prejudice from their male peers in the large companies. The most disappointing thing that I have experienced about a month ago was one of my boss, who is about 42, 44, said to me, Chihiro, it would be so difficult for me to see you as a person with a high level of position. And I said, why? And he said, by that time, he'll be retiring. I mean, he'll be sent to a company outside, smaller company. And he says, it's just, if I'm not choosing the right word, he just said it's disgusting to see a lady with a position. He said, it's just unbearable to for men to say 
manager, would you please use our product? Or, you know, things like that, asking for a favor, or asking for permission. He just says it's just unbearable. And he said, when the time comes that he has to go out to the smaller company, and if that's the time that I'm in a certain position, he said, ah, it's better if I just die. And as I was, I had to be quiet. I mean, there were so many things that I wanted to say back to him, maybe. But it was so much of a shock that I couldn't say anything, and I just sat there, and I just gave him a smile. I was just so shocked. And then I told one of my friends, who's a boy, and he goes, well, that's something they would say. Just take it, you know, don't take it too seriously. Just, you know, let it go. And he says to me, but the thing, the thing that I can tell you, Chihiro, is that I, I um, pity guys who would come into the company from now on, who would be the younger, because they would have to obey your orders, which would be so tough. And I am lucky because I didn't have to obey a girl. I don't know what kind of influence that I've had coming over because uh, not only was I the first person to come from the UK to, to the Japanese company, but I'm also the first woman. And I hope that I've been a, a stimulating influence to them, or not only to them, but to the, the, other, uh, the other managers who are all men, and that it's made them think, you know, the company is about 40% women. What are we going to do with these women? How are we going to keep them? Because uh, although in the UK, Glaxo is very, very well-known companies, very good reputation. In Japan, we're still a very small company. And we're not well-known. And we find it very difficult to recruit people. So we've got 40% of our workforce that we could lose if we don't have the right kind of policies to, to make sure that they stay after they get married. Having said that, things are very, very slowly changing because of the labor shortage in Japan. And some companies, I, I just read in the paper the other day, some companies have um, started maternity leave and they have opened creches for the children of their employees. And th they're thi beginning to think along those lines. So things are happening, but very, very slowly. Creches and nursery schools are organised to cater for home-based mothers rather than working wives. So having a baby can often stall or even reverse the careers of ambitious working women. my friends had to leave the companies because they had babies or their husbands just didn't want them to work. They wanted them to stay at home all the time to look after the baby. And baby is a big thing in Japan. And like they say, the babies are treasures and carrying out the generation is the most important in the Japanese society, in old days anyway. <laughs> it's changing, I think, but 
it's still got a big talk about the generations. And, and uh, recently, there's a very big talk in the major uh, newspapers about having the baby and working at the same time. And because the average number of the children in Tokyo, uh, in Japan now, is 1.53. It's under two. I don't know what <laughs> 1.53 means, you know. <laughs> but they are quite anxious about this number. And that now the government try to encourage the women to have more babies for their society's sake, uh, for their financial system of the society, like pensions and so on. But <coughs> it's really hard for the woman to walk and have a baby at the same time. And I believe lots of women to ha wanted want to have lots of children, but they can't because it's so expensive to have babies or to have children because of their educations or the school system. And as I told you before, that it's really difficult to find a good childminder. Um, <coughs> and you still have a kind of s stress from the society that women should stay at home and look after the baby all the time or to be a good wife. And if you go out leaving baby, they wouldn't see you as a good wife. <laughs> The the Japanese husband is a bit like an extra child in the family. The wife organizes the, the household, the children, and the husband. And the husband receives pocket money every month. And he receives his allowance for his drinking and whatever. And the rest is up to the wife. It's very acceptable for a man to get drunk, not only on Friday evening, but any evening of the week after, after work. Maybe he'll work till about 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock. And after that, goes off with his, his boss and his colleagues. Go for a drink. To relieve the stress of the day and uh, it's seen a, as, as a good way to get rid of tension getting drunk and w and once you have got drunk it's acceptable to do anything your behavior can be really really bad but you're forgiven so if you've ever been on the the train the last train at night there are a lot of very very drunk men If you've got a meeting with a client, then the formal meeting will take place during the day. But then you will arrange to take it, the client out to dinner or, or something in the evening. And during dinner and then during the drinking session afterwards, you can, you may not talk directly about the business matter, but you'll talk in general and, and you'll get an idea of what the other person's character is, what the client's character is. And it's very important. The, the Japanese like to get to know the other person reasonably well before they will start business. Actually, I think it's a, it's a very nice process. It's a, it's, a, it's a very friendly kind of process, although it does take a long time. It's a nice, it's a nice process. Most of the men in, in my company, they, they wouldn't be home before 10 o'clock at the very earliest, and they'll have gone drinking. And the woman is usually at home. The children are in bed by the time they come home. They may not see their children all during the week. And maybe on Saturday they, they go off to play golf or, or they have to entertain another client. So maybe Sunday is the only day when they see their children. And so if you've got um, women in responsible positions, 
it's obviously very difficult for them. If they don't have a supportive husband, then who's going to look after the children? <coughs> if they, or if they don't have family living, living close to them, it's very difficult. We had, um, just this year, we, we've started recruiting female sales representatives. And uh, th one of the, the points that, that they were discussing within the company was, would these female representatives take doctors out to dinner in the evenings? Or would they stop their work at 5 o'clock, like, like most women would do in the company? And if they, if they took the doctors out to dinner in the evenings, what time would they, they stop at? I don't think it was so much a concern for the women's safety. It was more, um, well, women don't usually take business clients out to dinner, and they weren't sure what to do. And they, they assumed that all women wouldn't want to go to dinner in the evenings anyway. They'd prefer to go home. To succeed in the frantic rat race of Japanese business requires enormous dedication and commitment. Kumiko Yamamoto attempted to advance her career by doing freelance work in the evenings and at weekends. But this exposed her to other hidden dangers that are seldom heard of in Japanese society. I had to do this meeting at the night time with this mm -hmm. person in the company and we met quite a lot of time in the night in a restaurant or every place. Then the job was fine for me. It was quite interesting one. But he is becoming too <laughs> closer to me, not as a business, you know. <laughs> then I had to stop this because I was a bit, bit afraid of the relationship between us. And I think this kind of thing would happen quite a lot to the girls like me, you know, who wants to work as a freelance uh, in, in, this, in my field anyway. I heard some stories about this. People would call this sexual harassment <laughs> these days. <laughs> well, this is very sad, but I've got quite bad experience about this. Then I decided not to try to do my business. The feminist movement in the West was represented by a tough, aggressive battle for equal rights. The often militant campaign was fought right out in the open. But unlike their Western sisters, the Japanese tea ladies have not invaded the boardroom. Theirs is a revolution without marches or manifestos. Lobbyists such as Noriko Nakamura, director of the Japanese Association for Female Executives, believes in a more low-key approach, in keeping with the formalities of Japanese society. The purpose of this organization is to organize the female executives, still very small portion in the Japanese society, get together from the different companies and exchanging our ideas and information together and to learn more, to step up our roles within the companies. Especially those big companies like auto companies, Toyota, Nissan, Honda, or the big steel company, NKK, and 
then big uh, investment companies like Nomura, there are almost none executives, female executives, I mean. Mm. Uh, the big obstacle is that those, uh, those big companies, the top of the com tops are well understanding that they have to use their female power from now on in the future in order to keep up their companies. But the middle level class, middle management level, still have a very little concern of uh, training female managerial human resources. movement in Japan is quite weak, I think. Um, I'm not very sure how many groups, feminist groups there are, but I, I've never really heard of, about any of them and what they do and, and how much influence they have on what kind of um, activities they do. I mean, I've asked people in the company about it, but nobody seems to know. I think for most of the women, it's something they, they wouldn't want to get involved in because uh, it's like maybe the women's movement in the 60s, it's, it's seen as very, very anti-men, and they don't want to get involved in that because then they would lose their, their chances of getting a good husband. So it's like a black mark against your, your character. Recently, the, um, one of the uh, life insurance companies had uh, surveyed that the age up to 25 to 28, 60% the, the, the of the female workers would like to quit the job after working three to five years. And then they are not aiming at the executive levels at all. Maybe after five, six years work, uh, being, being mothers at home, then later they would like to come back to work. But very few of them want to work while raising children, having the home, homes, uh, to keep up their jobs, to step up their ladders. So, so that if the company knows the attitude that the young women has, they are not willing to train them to keep their positions. But my way of doing is that before criticizing rules and conditions, I think that individuals have to develop themselves to understand the situation where we are standing now and where we want to go. I myself has to change, have to change as an individual, independent person. Hi, 
People from the outside companies call up our division. And when I answer the phone, even if I am the person in charge, because I'm a girl, they, they can distinguish that from my voice, right? They say, may I speak to the men? I said, pardon me? I said, may I speak to the men, please? I said, well, I'm in charge. I said, may I speak to the men, please? I said, all right. So, unless that change, that's not going to happen, men leaving the workplace. And because it is scattered around like a biggest tree, what, the root, it's going to take decades and decades. The change in attitudes towards women managers may come due to economic necessity rather than as a result of any real concern for equality. There is an acute labour shortage in Japan among many trades and professions. But in some companies, the tendency has been to employ foreigners rather than promote women. Japan as it is, she has a shortage of labour. And then we have a big uh, concern on inviting the uh, uh, foreign workers to Japan. And, uh, but before that, I'm sure the government and companies would think of using women power within the companies. The, the labor shortage will certainly help things along, but I think it will be very slow. Uh, ideas here are very, very conservative, very, very ingrained. It will take uh, maybe uh, 20, 30 years for any significant change to happen. I mean, there, there are many professional women here, there are many business women here, but if you look at the, the female population as a whole, most of them, they, they get married, they stay at home, they look after their children, and even if they want to come back to work after their children have grown up, then the job opportunities are very, are very limited, the, pay, the salary is very low, they, they, will ne they won't have any responsibility in their jobs. There are groups that are acting with the aim of liberation. And in a way, we can say that they're very active. They're very, yeah, they're, they're very active. But I think it's a very much of a Japanese characteristic that would not, the movement, any sort of movement, would not become very much a country-wise, a social matter. I mean, why do we have to stand up and make a, you know, parade and scream when it's not going to be listened? You know, that kind of an attitude. So I don't think it is going to become like a movement what we saw in American history. People are quite shy. And even if they want to be very successful career women, they don't want to show that to the people. Um, people are more shy in Japan, especially the girls. We 
are learning, but we are educating the top executives who have the powers and rights to lead Japan for the next century. And they got to know what we are. We try to let them know how, what we are and how we are, where we are now. Japan and Ireland isn't all that much different, I think. I think that's a very sad reflection on Ireland, that uh, we're supposed to be a modern European country, but I think the thinking is still very, very conservative. We will be appreciated if we keep quiet. Women can just act like we are two steps behind the women, uh, the men. But in actual, we can be five, ten steps, you know, forward. But as long as we act, men gets happy, the society gets happy.